What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Grid Penalty. We're back, everyone. We are fucking back. As brand new episodes. I'm probably going to cut all this part out. I don't know. But I will say this. We're back. It's me. It's Jake Becker, who, uh, previous uh, guest, now co-host of the podcast, uh, is on there. We're, fuck it. Let's just get into it. We're talking about the United States Grand Prix. We're going to discuss how Jake's day is and how his week has been. Uh, and then we're going to talk about potentially one of the more fun races of the season uh, that Jake did not see. So we get to test all of my memory, which, as nice. Jake knows, is really... Um, not there. Fumigated. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty fumed up dog. It's pretty fumed up. So, uh, first off, how you doing, Jake? What you up to, bud? I'm, I'm doing good. I just got off of work. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any fun phone calls? No, not, not today. Today was pretty dead. No one bitching at you? No. And then my very last call was a very foreign man. So it took a long time and I was there (laughs) for like an extra 30 minutes. I bet you love. But it, it was fine. Uh, not not much going on. I've discovered these roasted strawberry malt balls, and that's a big fucking problem. Roasted strawberry malt balls. Yeah, dude. It's like whoppers. Like whoppers, but like all artisanal and shit. An artisanal whopper. Yeah, dude. That tastes like an amazing strawberry in your mouth. Oh, that's dangerous. So it's just pure sugar? Uh, yeah, and strawberries. And Jake, malt. I'm not going to lie. That seems like you're going to get diabetes. Dude, every time I get blood work and they say I'm not pre-diabetic, I feel like I'm being lied to. <laughs> they're, just, they're just trying to get you full, full-blown diabetic and then, and then just get you hooked on, on their drugs? Yeah, dude, they're trying to get me on that insulin, that sweet, sweet insulin. Because, I mean, dude, I don't think there's been a night in the last, Jesus Christ, like, decade that I haven't gone to bed after eating, like, at least a half pound of candy. Good Lord, how are your teeth still intact? I don't know, I got weird teeth. I still have baby teeth. What? What? Yeah. I still got some baby teeth in my head. I got an eye, is it the other side? I got this eye tooth, this little lady guy, and I got another one in, in the back, and there's still teeth waiting to fall in if they ever come out. That's that's a real thing? My gran- that Yeah, my, my grandpa had seven. My mom's got a couple like me. Baby teeth. Yeah, they've never fallen out to be replaced. Do you still get money from the tooth fairy if those do fall out? I don't know if that. That would be a, a wild move if I put a tooth under my pillow and then went to sleep and woke up and there was money. I'd be terrified. Be cool. I'd love it. I'd love yeah, it. Yeah, I'd probably knock out the rest of my teeth. <laughs> Enough money to to fill it in, uh, you know, to, to, to fill in all the, the fucked up teeth you have? Yeah, get a better set. Uh, I, I think Chris Charpentier has, has baby teeth. Uh, did you that'd see be pretty the dope. F- do you see the prelude that's got me all chubby for a hybrid all fucking what? day? The new prelude, There's a dude. prelude? Dude, every Japanese automaker is showing cars again like they're ready to go back to fucking war. It looks like this, they're preparing uh, for a new dick measuring contest. 
This looks kind of like their the uh, the the Nissan uh, the new Z. Yeah, except with like good proportions. You don't think the new Z, Z looks good? No, I think it looks good, but like they achieved that through designing around elements to, to draw your eye away from the actual shape of the car. Whereas that Prelude is a perfect shape. The Z's got too big of a fucking roof. Uh, the back end's kind of garbage. They just did a good job with light design, that chrome bar that they put on the roof, the black plastic use. They did good work. Those guys are pros. But they reused a lot of shit. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. This Z kind of looks like um, the Toyota 86. Yeah. And in, in the person, FRS. They look good. I've seen a I've seen a couple in person. I think the FRS and the BRZ might even look a little better. Because the harder you look at that Z in person, the worse it starts to look. When you start to so what is it about this prelude that you like then? The proportions, the fact that it's going to be hybrid and electric, the fact that it'll go Toyota into building that MR2 thing that they've been showing all week. Did you see that bad mamma jamma? <laughs> no. It looks like a... I just sent you a link. It looks like they call it the FTSE, and it's like supposed to be their electric return to the mid-engine sports car for the masses. And it looks fucking nasty, dude. I want one. I would do things in public for money to get one of those. Jalopnik. Oh. See, all these kind of look the same, though. All these cars are... Wait, no, no it's not the, the one that looks, looks like, like a McLaren. The the, yeah, the, the goldish tan one. That's not what the MR2 is going to look like. Dude, they've been showing it all week as their new electric mid-engine sports car for the masses. Interesting. We'll see if they actually build it but they're saying like we're going to the subaru sucks the electric gtr kind of sucks that looks so dumb it looks like a batmobile it really does i think i mean there's no way that bumper would go into production there's no way these wheels should go into production this thing looks like it's in it's out of the movie tron yeah that one i think is like pretty much a render that nissan showed off but the Prelude, the Subaru, and the Toyota are all physical beings. So's the Mazda. And I wish there were more pictures of the Mazda, because that thing is fucking nasty. Well, I'm glad you like it. We're, we're uh, looking at Jalopnik, is what we're looking at. Uh, but to me, I think that Mazda looks like a uh, Miata. Well, I mean, it's shortening it up with like the angle that it's at. You're not really able to see any of it. If they I make this MR2, so they're calling it the FTSE? Yeah, dude, if they make that, I'm going to sell my kidney. Dog, if they make this car, the Toyota FT-SE, if they make this, this, is, this looks like a Lotus meets a uh, Pagani. Yeah, except Doesn't tiny. It? Except fits in a parking... Yeah, except it's little. Look at the size of the seat in it. Well, a Lotus is tiny it's too. Little. Yeah, but this is like this is like a Lotus. Uh, what do you? What's the small one? The Elise. Elise. Yeah, this is yeah. like a Elise sized. 
but then sat down like you're in the big ones, like you're all the way down on the floor. Hmm. It's a little F1 car. They're going to be hmm. fucking, I, oh, God damn it. I love Toyota. They're doing gangster <laughs> stuff over at Toyota. <laughs> I will say this, dude. I had a, uh, I had a rental car of a uh, Toyota Corolla, uh, and the next week I got a rental car of a Mercedes, and the Mercedes was such garbage. It was such trash. All I could think about was how bad I wanted to have the Corolla back. Dude, Toyota builds probably the best cars on the market. Like it and used to I be that they built it. the most reliable. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks because it used to just be the most reliable. But now they've kind of, like, if they weren't building the Supra with BMW, if that was an in-house project, I think there'd be no argument that they were probably the best manufacturer out right now. Hmm. But the fact that their flagship is basically a Beamer. But apparently the next one won't be. The next one's going to be full-on Toyota. Hmm. Well, they just wanted to trade technology and trade, uh, all, you know, all that kind of information. What is this article that you sent me? Well, We're the break of a new golden well, age of Japanese performance cars. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's about how like it really looks like all these um, heads of these uh, production companies are ready to actually get into a fight again. Because which just goes the magic it just goes to show was again. the nineties. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it goes to show that the 90s and early 2000s was the greatest era of, of motor cars ever. Dude, yeah. I'd say from 92 to 98 was probably the See, greatest era of Japanese sports cars. Japanese. I kind of disagree. Uh, nah, man. I think you should, I think you should extend it into... Uh, I think you, you should extend it into the... I gotta send this to my assistant. I'm sorry. Uh, I no, think you fine. should extend were... it into like early 2000s, 2006. Who? What, what was? What was the great Japanese sports car of 2006? You know, I have no idea. I'm just thinking about the uh, the <laughs> the BMWs. The I think were the greatest. No, I think the German era is more from like 96 to 2002, 2004. And you think the Toyota is er, is just early to late nineties? Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, because all of the, all the heads of the Japanese companies between like eighty seven and ninety decided like fuck those other two guys. I'll see them in hell, and they got into this crazy sports car war where all three of them were losing money selling cars, and they didn't give a fuck because it was about them being better than the other person. Like they were losing, they were losing money on selling you a twin turbo Supra. They were losing fucking money. The 300ZX, they were losing a shitload of money, and the FD RX7, they were just tossing money out the fucking window to let you have one. This is because people weren't and buying the, them, or or why? Or it just no, cost more. It cost more to make was, it. The, yeah, the 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 technology and the cost was so fucking high, and they didn't care. Like, they, they just wanted to sell more Supras than Mazda sold RX-7s. And at the end of the day, whoever built the fastest car that sold the most won in their mind. They didn't give a fuck what the loss was. They all got Because they were making up the money elsewhere. By the end. 
mostly, but I mean, like, dude, I think there's reports that they were losing $7,000 every time they sold a 300ZX twin turbo. What? And in nineteen ninety in nineteen ninety three, seven thousand dollars right off the fucking corporation's ass was a lot of money on every single one sold. That's crazy. And the FDRX seven, <laughs> dude, there's rumors that that one's like somewhere between fifteen and twenty grand they were losing on each car. From back in the nineties. In the nineties. So like when you bought one of those, you were legitimately getting a car that was worth way fucking more than that. See, here's what I love about you, Jake, is because you say stuff with such confidence that I'm yeah. like, that's wild. I need proof. How do you know this is true? It's well documented. It What it started with is in the 70s, or it might have been the late 60s, but definitely in the 70s. The Japanese automakers started like kind of like the Americans in the 60s when we got ready for the interstate system. They way overbuilt cars. Because they knew this new road system that was going to connect the country was coming. They wanted people to buy cars that they thought were reliable and those kind of usage. But they didn't know what that usage was going to be. So they built cars like my Buick that have more torque than modern fucking 350 pickup trucks. How much torque do you think your Buick's got? I know it has 445 pound-feet of torque worn out. What? What? Yeah, they dynoed it to tune it. That's more that's that's more than my LS BMWs. I know. It's also well, why my one speed car drives away from a light really nice and also goes 130 on the interstate is it's all fucking motor. <laughs> but when they gave that to soccer mom or not but football moms in 1962 after they just got rid of their 1958 that was reasonably powered. These people were peeling out. Dude, if you live somewhere wet like Portland, you were just peeling out everywhere you went. They way overdid it because they thought you'd be towing a trailer from California to New York. And then by like 66, they dialed in what the power was needed for the size. At around, and then in 63, it was when uh, DeLorean went crazy and took the biggest, craziest motor out of the big Pontiac and shoved it in the smallest thing they could fuck, possibly fit it in. And basically that's what they, the that's what, that's what they made for, for the DeLorean? I thought oh, I no. always thought John that the DeLorean, DeLorean was... invented the GTO. I did not know this. Yeah, DeLorean is like, dude. If DeLorean hadn't got set up by the fucking feds for a coke charge, that's terrible. Um, he'd be remembered as like one of the great Americans ever. Like he'd be up there with like Bill Gates before the thing. Um, but like he, dude, that guy innovated and created more of our culture between like the late 50s and the late 70s than anyone could ever fucking imagine. That guy had every good idea that has ever given you and I a bad idea. Like DeLorean's the the man. He was the one who understood like people at home don't want to go quick. They want to haul ass. Like we need to quit <laughs> pussyfooting around with rules and we need to put the biggest motor we can fucking find in the smallest engine bay it fits in. And GM was like, no. It's bad. Insurance is coming down the pipeline. This is going to be really bad. And he was like, fine. And then built a GTO in a garage and drove it around Detroit racing motherfuckers till he became so legendary that the heads of GM knew about it. And they had to pull him into an office and chew his ass while at the same time asking him if he had the capability to build a whole program. 
And famously, they brought him in there and were like, you motherfucker, we told you not to do this. How many of them can you build in eight months? Because <laughs> he, what? so, like, he, so what's the deal with so what's the deal with the feds then? Why did he get? Because he was importing drugs. No, man, you got to watch the documentary on DeLorean where they play the tapes of the feds setting him up. It's like it's the most clear cut case of entrapment I've ever fucking seen on videotape. Like you just watch these feds entrap his ass. He doesn't even know what they're talking about when he's in the hotel room and they're trying to tell him like. Hey, we figured out our money problems, but we got to go through this guy who's going to send some stuff to this dude, and then this is going to happen, and then we'll have everything. And John's just like, okay, so is that what we should do? And they're like, I mean, yeah, John, it's our only option. Like, this is what you have to do. And he's like, I don't really understand what's happening. And they're like, we're just moving Did he think he was talking about cars? He knew he was talking about laundering money, but he didn't really, he wasn't clear on the fact that it was drugs. And he definitely didn't understand anything they were saying about the drugs because he had nothing to do with cocaine in his life. And they just entrap his ass. Like, they basically, like, browbeat him until he agrees with this guy who's his business manager, who's a Fed setting him up in this hotel room to let this deal happen. And then he walks out of the hotel room visibly confused, like, saying, like, I, I hope this works, guys. I really I don't know what you're talking about. And then gets out of the room and they just arrest his ass. And he's like, what has happened? Like he's, it's fucked up. And it just became such like a a national fact that he was doing this with Coke in the news that no one's ever cared that he got completely fucking rolled by the feds. So, so what did the feds have against him? Because the feds don't just set you up for fun. They had to have something they didn't want him to to keep doing. Was it making fast cars? The feds have famously set up many people, especially in the late 80s and early 90s, just to justify their budgets. The ATF and the feds have been repeatedly busted, setting up big busts so that they could justify their budget going into the next year. So by busting this very popular guy who already had a failing product, like you didn't have to be smart to see that what he got fucked over by by Margaret Thatcher was never going to work. Like, Thatcher fucked him so hard on the deal in Ireland. What, to have what did Margaret Thatcher have to do with, with DeLorean? He made an agreement to let the cars be built in Ireland, and then Thatcher fucked the agreement, and then no one in Ireland wanted to do it. They know, Nobody there had any experience building automobiles, and, like, that's part of why the cars ran like shit, is that nothing really fit quite 100% on the chassis. Huh. And, like, that was a known issue going into this. It made it, made it to where they had to use a different motor because the cost went up, so they couldn't afford the motor they wanted anymore. So now they had to use a Renault. Like, the top to bottom, it was just falling apart, and the feds saw this. So they had a scapegoat who was rich, famous enough that it would be a high-profile bust, and then they just bamboozled this fucking poor bastard, this legend of a man, the guy who gave us muscle cars. And they fucked him. But the Japanese market, to get back to what I was talking about, had um, all the all the manufacturers came together because the insurance companies got serious in the United States in about 67, I want to say, and said, like, yeah, you can sell this car to a kid for three months of a salary at McDonald's, but they're all dying. So we're going to start charging insurance out the ass if you have a car with 450 horsepower that weighs 2,000 pounds. Like, we're not... You don't just you don't get to just pay the same rate as your grandma did. 
But you also have to remember that owning an automobile was only like a 30-year-old idea, like 30-year-olds for like rich people, like a 20-year-old idea for middle class and normal people. So huh. like insurance rates hadn't really been fucking thumbed around or messed with too much at that point. You just got what you got for being a 25-year-old man driving a car. They didn't take into account what your car was, what city you lived in. You know what I mean? It was a little bit less of a data pool. So they started, that's, that's between that and the gas crisis, that's what killed muscle cars. That's why by 1973, everything was ass slow. And it's now, it was all that. before he got set so, up, he must have already made the DeLorean that we all know from Back to the Future. No, that is the car they set him up on. That car's oh. a piece of shit. Yeah, it is a piece of shit. Bad cars. Yeah, you should I've never buy one. Yeah, I've heard that. If they had, if they had gone the way he wanted when he started signing contracts with people, they'd be remembered like the Countach, like the way it was Whoa. supposed to be built. That car would have been the shit, and it wasn't ever like an executive trying to save money it was that every he got fucked at every turn every turn by every business he went into partnership with he got railed i still feel like he had to be doing something that was pissing off the government he had to be dude i think it's just that he was the guy that created all these like i i don't think so man i think he was just visible they had a really clear opportunity like that, Why wouldn't they arrest like, Alexander Kuntosh? That's not a real person. I made that up. Because <laughs> he was building a good product. It would have been hard to build a case that this guy was laundering cocaine money to pay for his failing product if you didn't have a failing product. Because that was the whole accusation, was that he was doing this coke deal to make up the gap that his bad business practices had left in his business. And they weren't bad business practices. It was everyone who ever made a promise to DeLorean fucking lied to him. Interesting. But wow. The Jap so the Japanese saw this coming. They saw the laws change in the United States for insurance, and they knew it was coming in Japan. So they all made what they called their gentleman's agreement between all the corporations that no car would have more than 275 horsepower ever. And then they all broke it. And they all broke <laughs> it around the same time. And they all lied, though. Like, dude, if you look at specs, like not dyno specs but if you look at like car magazine specs from the 80s if you pay attention like the rx7 the two six the 280 zx like they all have exactly 275 horsepower they're just fucking lying they just all put that number on paper because that was what they agreed to as being the cap so and in reality you're buying a car that that has significantly more juice yeah or at least like 25 five more horsepower but i mean you gotta also remember this is in the late 80s when a 200 horsepower that used to be Porsche the shit. was a big big fucking deal or 180 yeah. horsepower irox z was fast yeah so even though nobody really was thinking about how cool japanese cars were in the united states yet an 85 celica supra will blow the fucking dust off an 85 porsche unless you're buying a porsche that costs as much as two houses and the and the supra was cheap like in today's money it'd be like fucking 27 grand like they were cheap, wow. cheap cars. Yeah. Hmm. So hmm. all of a sudden, the man, the guys who own the manufacturers. Another important part of the story is all the manufacturers were run by people who like Mister Toyota with a D, and and Mister Nissan, and like the people that were having these fucking cock measuring arguments were the heads of the companies in a sense that like they inherited the company. 
So it wasn't a CEO and somebody that had to answer to a board making these decisions. It was a bunch of guys who truly were like the head of the company. I own this shit. So they all decided around the same time when they all started breaking this rule around 1984, 1985, like blatantly breaking it. The skylines, everything was breaking it. They all decided behind closed doors, independent from each other, like, oh, they're going to build that? Fuck them. Watch this shit. And then went and told their R&D department, like, hey, I need the fastest fucking road car you can make. And then it was like, well, what cost are we shooting for? And they were like, don't worry about the fucking cost. Build the goddamn car. And that happened at every single one of those corporations except Honda, who approached it with, like, diligency and intelligence and built the NSX, which is the best of all of them. It got the least amount of respect. And it's the best car of every single one. Of them. Wait, why did it get the least amount of respect? That car, uh, top to bottom, is is cooler design than anything else that you just mentioned. Uh, it's yep. faster than anything else you mentioned. Uh, yep. it, wh- why was it? Why uh, was it overlooked? I don't think it's. I don't think it's faster zero to sixty than the Supra TT or the three hundred ZX was. Really? Yeah, dude. These cars it just were- looked cool as fuck fucking bananas well no and it was an all-around better car it was a nationally aspirated v6 honda with a fucking mid-engine layout where the engine was up in the air it was designed around an f1 car they they used f1 designers like the amount of attention to detail and then they did the perfect gm and bmw way of doing business where all the parts from those nsx's became standard parts. The the engine in my mom's Acura is the 3.2 out of the NSX. They're still building it into cars. They spread that production cost out from 1991 till fucking now. And that's smart. Hmm. That's how you do shit. You build a halo car and then trickle that shit down into your actual product. Hmm. Whereas like Nissan's still using that motor in the Skyline, but it's not in anything else. It's in the it's in the new Z. But like they didn't really make use of it the way that like Chevy puts a 350 in a Camaro and a Corvette and then two years later it's the standard engine on a truck or you get you mean an LS the, uh, in a Camaro uh, and a Corvette and then a couple of years later you're getting LQs and LTs and trucks which the only the difference is the top a, end the bottom end's the same it's just the top end that's different right but like all the cost in R&D on the block and the heating and the cooling and the plumbing it's been done so they're spreading that cost out you build a Corvette for two years with an exclusive motor and then it's basically an Escalades. Like, that's smart. Nissan didn't do that. Mazda didn't do that. Toyota did it. And they put that motor without the titanium internals and a bunch of other cars. So t- Toyota and um, Honda were the only ones that approached it even a little bit like a manufacturer should. Everyone else was like, fuck it, spend money. I'm beating that motherfucker. <laughs> And it produced all these cars that lit a fire under the world's ass and got everybody else back to going fast. Like, literally without those four Asian guys hating each other in 1989, I don't know where cars would be today. See, that's what Taylor Swift's album should have been like. Uh, It should have been about these four Asian dudes hating each other uh, and then making making the best cars the world's ever seen. Dude... (laughs) I'd be your personal slave for a year just to be able to hear passionate pop music about how much they fucking hated each other, how much money they were losing just to be cooler than the other guy. Oh, man. Dude, T-Pain's got a whole new rap. Uh, um, 
track out about drifting, about his drift car. About his Pickle Rick drift car? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's his, specifically his Pickle Rick drift car, but it's about a drift car. It's pretty fun. Compete, I support him. He competes in his Pickle Rick car. I support him. Um, that's okay. That's what, now. Do you think that the the because I don't feel like it, it's a bummer. The history of the NSX. Now that I know that it wasn't really well received when it first came out, I don't think the new NSX was very well received when it came out. The new NSX was not well received. It was a fantastic car, but it was such a giant departure from what was good about the original. The original NSX is just bare fucking bones, dude. It's what you want a sports car to be. There's not one piece of anything in that car that doesn't need to be there. Not fucking mm. shit. Maybe the padding mm-hmm. on the dash. Other than the padding on the dash and the sun visors, everything else in that vehicle is functional. The suspension, the shape of the fenders, the air ducting, every fucking thing. It's all manual. And you're saying the it's new manual. one was not like that? I think the new one was like that. No, the new one was a hybrid. It had weird assists. The, the driving mode was weird. It was too well, advanced. Well, it's 30 it years later. Driving. Of course it had new shit. I know, but that's not why anybody was pining for the NSX. The reason people were calling for an NSX to be made again is they wanted one last pure car before all these electric laws roll through next year. And then Honda mm-hmm. was like, what if we did this? And everyone was like, eh, I mean, it's a good car. If you're going to buy or an Audi, didn't, this... that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're going to buy an R10, this is an option instead of that. But... This isn't an NSX. Hmm. An NSX is like, it's like a Porsche. Like there's something pure about getting in a car that's naturally aspirated, that's just a transmission, a motor, and an axle that fucking rips. It doesn't have trick magnetic steering. Doesn't have. So they should have done what what Corvette did with the C8, with the with the there's a naturally aspirated fucking behemoth. Yep, and put a stick in it. Corvette should have done it too. Put a fucking stick in it. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. It's kind of like the last of the, uh, the last of the Dodge Vipers. Yeah. uh, They really were like, let's make the last one of just everything that the old world used to have. Yes. And that's, but that's what people want. And they pretend like that won't sell. And then GM has to come out and be like, we offered a stick on that new, the last V model, basically in the cars, the CT five or whatever the fuck it is v mm-hmm. black wing mm-hmm. it's not an s anymore i think it's mm. a five they all have weird they change their designations and i can't memorize the new ones my brain refuses um but uh, over 50 percent of them were ordered with sticks it's like hmm. old guys buying eighty thousand dollar sports cars still want a stick especially I, th- I think especially now that people have been driving these eight and ten speed automatics because they suck. Yeah, it's too I much. Agree with that. It's too much shifting. It's too, too much for the name yeah. of efficiency. Yeah. It 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 also kind of reminds me the um, the Chevy SS, the Holden Commodore, right? Yeah. The, those guys see. It feels like to me they 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 did try that, and people. I mean, the the Chevy SS was a huge bust. Yeah, but the car looked like what the car looked like. They didn't put any effort into it. It wasn't a coupe. They didn't do they anything They just put in right. a cool motor, a cool transmission, and they were like, cool, have fun with your family car. But I honestly think that they were going with like for like the Ford SHO group. Like if you're going to buy a Ford Taurus SHO, then you also have this version of a family sedan with the 500 horsepower. 
Yeah, but that's been dozens of people a year since they came out with the show. Like they don't they don't sell the fuck out of those. Dozens. <laughs> yeah, they've never done great on those. If Conan's wasn't green, I'd be trying to buy his off of him, but nobody fucking cares about those. You need to build like and then they don't realize that the reason Beamer's selling M5s and M3s with four doors and shit is because that guy wants one with it's a coupe that he could look at, but has a family and a wife that'll fucking kill him if he comes home with a two-door car. Like, no one in their right mind is going there to buy a sports car with the freedom to do so and leaving with a fucking four-door. Just to play devil's advocate, I mean, you look at the E36 M3, everyone says that the four-door was way more stiff of a chassis than the two-door. Does look uglier, yeah, for sure. That's because they put the convertible bracing underneath of it because they were worried about it being flexible. So that was build quality, not design. But nobody went down to the lot to look at the four-door and then bought the coupe. That happened the other way around every time. Gotcha. Yeah. You go to look at an M6 and then you leave with an M5. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, and, and guys that wear rubbers buy the M6. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure the ones that raw dog the world, too, but uh, are buying M6s as well. Yeah, but there was a concession between all the automakers in, like, the early 2000s of, like, well, nobody really wants to buy a fast coupe. It's not usable for anything. Like, no one that wants to buy a sports car is thinking reasonably. You're an idiot. Quit, quit trying to fit this into a box. Like, people that want a sports car aren't looking for something to drive every... That's a big bonus if it's everyday drivable but they want to rip right yeah i've got two outside with two doors i just want to rip in that's it dude the stinger the fucking kia stinger if that car was a coupe we wouldn't be able to keep the name out of our fucking mouth i would agree because i love the stinger i really do it's a very good all-around car it's fast it's got a lot of cool technology in it but it is a four-door kind of lame pretty long it's It's like the length of an of a7 yeah it's dumb Fucking shorten that yeah. thing up. Get rid of the trunk yeah. space. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If I was these companies, like, why would you spend all that R&D and then wish on a fucking sedan? I'd have built a coupe that looked dope and then been like, watch, let's see how many Corvettes and Mercedes SLs they sell this year. I'm giving this away for 30 grand. See you motherfuckers at the dealership. But they all won't take the gamble. And it's based on these Malays era cars they were putting out in like the early 90s or like Subaru's like, nobody wants an Impreza two-door. Like when you were giving us those, they were 80 horsepower. Nobody wanted your car anyway. Everybody who ended up on your lot was making a concession with God. So they were buying four-doors because that was the best practical decision. Now you sell STIs and WRXs and people want your shit. Go back to selling things people want, not need. Dude, I don't know why they don't put that STI motor in the in the BRZ. Because uh, everyone's cowards. Dude, a two door with a turbo, like something that's shaped. That two door car is uh, on more racetracks for the instructional car than than any other car I've ever seen. Everyone has that. It handles well. It's not a ton of power. Uh, I would almost, I would prefer to have one of those over a Miata, to be honest. I would too. It's got a roof. It's also got a roof, which is a huge perk. When you're hauling ass, it's a huge perk. Why aren't there BRZ racing leagues like there are Miata racing leagues? 
there are. Yeah, but they're not nearly as popular as the as the Miatas. Like fucking Spec Miatas are absolutely everywhere. Everyone's got a league they, for a Spec Miata. They never got as cheap. There was a period in the two thousands when you could buy a Miata for a sandwich. Like, and the BRZ yeah. never dropped down that to that price. No, the BRZ never got to like. Oh shit, dude! You want to throw together two grand and build a race car? Like it never got that cheap. So it didn't. It didn't have the boom to start the racing league. Like the Miata League had that boom of broke people and like grassroots people starting. Everyone it. had one. And then right. now everybody wants to do it because it's a big league. So it's kind of a self-sustaining model. Right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Hmm. Well, speaking of racing. Let's talk about one of the greatest races of this season in Formula One. Yeah, I want to hear about uh, Jake, it. Jake, it's a real bummer that you didn't. If it, 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 fucking a next time, tell me you can't log in to my account because uh, I got like, like nine people. In the when I finally got to it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, huge things. First of all, Max Verstappen won as per usual. Uh, but what was fun about this weekend is um, the. What was fun about this weekend is that um, there was a sprint sprint race weekend. Yeah. So, so I I know that you're new to Formula One, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna explain. Uh, and typically yeah. we would have uh, uh, Jeff explain everything Formula One because he paid so close attention to it. Uh, but <laughs> the sprint weekend, you basically get two extra races out of it. So you get a sprint on Saturday, and then the race on Sunday, and you can win points in both of those races, right? Uh, the way that they've kind of changed it is this particular one is a sprint shootout. So normally on Friday, you have free practice one, free practice two, Saturday, free practice three, quali, race on Sunday. Uh, sprint shootout was you had, on Friday, you had free practice one and quali for the race on Sunday, and then on Saturday, you had the sprint shootout, which set the grid for the sprint, and then you had the sprint later that day. Whoa, nice. Yeah. So, so the way that sprints used to be, or, or uh, and I've, I've, I'm not 100% sure if it's changed across the board or not, but the way it used to be was how you finished in the sprint was how you line up in the race. That has yeah, changed now. Position. So you have quali corresponds to the race and you have the sprint shootout which corresponds to the sprint um oscar piastri uh who is a rookie this year um let me make sure i got this right uh i believe oscar won this shit who won the sprint race in austin of course it's max verstappen why wouldn't it be i thought sweet i saw it sweet oscar when did oscar win Piastri, sprint, win. He won. Oh, Qatar. That's right. That's right. Well, scratch all that that I just said. For, like, fuck all that. But <laughs> the, uh, Max Verstappen won the, the fucking uh, sprint as he does. Um, but it was... The sprint was relatively boring this year. Relatively boring. Yeah. But the race was fucking incredible, dude. It was fucking incredible. So first of all, Max Verstappen had to start in sixth place because he had a shitty quali on Friday, which I love yeah. seeing Max have to start uh, in the like middle or back of the... Because Max is so good that seeing him finally in the position where he gets to compete, he gets to actually race people, 
It's it's yeah. incredible how good he is. Also, Mercedes brought a whole bunch of upgrades, uh, specifically their floor, and Mercedes is looking great. Mercedes is been has been trashed this year. Uh, yeah. uh, really not a huge fan of of uh, neither is Lewis Hamilton. Trust me, um, <laughs> but they brought a new floor, and it was. It, I mean, dude, they were murdering. Uh, Lewis finished second. Uh, in the sprint race, or no, excuse me, in the actual Grand Prix. Um, and nice. then him and Charles Leclerc got disqualified because their their uh, skid board at the bottom of the car was like worn down more than one millimeter. So Oh, so the car they, wasn't suspended right. Well, they basically had too much downforce. So when yeah. you when you uh, the point of this wood plank is to prevent car uh, everyone from doing just insane downforce, which can be like it it can be not great for handling. Uh, it can be an unpredictable car, and then of course it's not good for the driver either. Uh, but less than a millimeter, it can't be worn down. A millimeter, it can't be worn down more than a millimeter. And it was worn down a little over a millimeter, and they both got disqualified. However, they only tested four cars, which means that 50% Why? of the cars that they tested out of the 20 that drove, uh, 50% of the ones that they tested failed. So it's like, go fucking look at everybody else. Yeah, that's horse shit. At that point, you almost have to go look. Uh, absolutely. And how has this not been the case? Four is bullshit. I couldn't agree more. And like only the top four, like they tested Max Verstappen, Charlotte Claire, uh, Lewis Hamilton. And I forget who the fourth one was. Um, I think it was Lando's maybe, uh, like they only tested four people and it's like, well, fucking if, if it's that big of a fail rate, go test everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And how have we never heard of this in the past three seasons? How have we never heard of anyone having an infringement or an infraction on that board? Uh, especially with the porpoising that we were dealing with last year, right? Um, so, kind of, kind of a crock of shit. So Lewis lost all of those points for his glorious second place win. Uh, Charles Leclerc lost his as well, uh, and then uh, because of that, Logan Sargent now got upgraded and he scored points, which okay. I feel bad for the the lad, okay? So, Logan Sargent is our only American driver. And through this formality, he is now the first American driver to score points in 30 years in Formula One. Really? But he didn't even score the points. And, and they're like blasting this all over. Logan Sargent, first American to score points in 30 years. And I'm like, well, he didn't score points. Someone got disqualified and he got bumped up. He he had a mediocre race. Also, Logan Sargent is the most expensive driver on the grid in terms of how much he's crashing. God. So I, it's like I feel bad for the dude. Everyone is like, "Oh, Logan Sargent, you rule!" And he's like, "I mean, I don't, but I'll take it, Thanks I for guess." The points. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. So it, it's it was a really it was a really fucking crazy. Um, it was a crazy race. Uh, let's see. I have, I have. Oh, also, here's another reason why this whole race was so fun. The strategy. It became such a blatant strategy game race that you yeah. finally, for the normally you don't really care about the strategy of the race. It doesn't really come to the forefront of your mind. This one was so 
strategy oriented. It's like, well, what's everyone going to do? They're on these tires. They have to get on new tires. Are they going to try to like, and then someone would put on hards, which you would think they were going for a one-stop strategy. And then all of a sudden Lando Norris just fucking dives in for a second pit stop. And we're like, whoa, 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 wait, what? What? We're doing a, a two pit stop. And then another, and then you're like, okay, so Lewis is going to stay out. And then he dives in for a second pit stop. And it was, dude, it was the most, uh, strategy driven race that I can remember uh, this season of like, this is so fun. What is everybody going to do? And then when cars made this strategy call, you're like, what the fuck are you? Cho- well, why are you stay out there for one stop? What are we doing here? It was, it was, dude, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, Max Verstappen was struggling, which I love seeing. He still won, but he didn't win by like 10 minutes. Like he always does. Max Verstappen, uh, his brakes were were having issues, so he was only like three, four seconds ahead of Lewis, uh, oh, which yeah. is super promising for Mercedes and the work that they've been doing in the factory. Um, and uh, and I, <laughs> and then drama wise, George Russell, who's Lewis's um, co- um, um, uh, teammate. George Russell was just having a shitty race and he like couldn't mm-hmm. keep pace. His whole weekend was bad. And a couple races ago, he gets like reprimanded by his his radio. They're like, that's an order, George. Uh when he's when he was bitching that they were trying to let Lewis go through, he's like, I'm faster. And they're like, that's an order, let Lewis through. And then he almost immediately throws his car into a wall. And they're like, Yep, well, that's why Lewis is getting forty million dollars and you're getting eight. So thanks yeah. for crashing our car. Uh, but i I like to think mercedes was just in there just like hey let's detune his car a little bit let's tune it down this guy's getting a little he's getting a little uppity so So it was uh it was very fun i i wouldn't watch the sprint the sprint was boring uh but i would absolutely watch this race because it uh it was so like, like i said it was so it was so, um, um, I've already forgot the word and I've said it 19 times already. Yeah. It was all, it was all strategery. Yeah. It was dude, all strategery. strategery. They had to get around the lakes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I also am curious to see, so Lando Norris, uh, Lando is, uh, no one knows really what he's going to do. I think in the next two years, he won't be with McLaren. But McLaren okay. has shown a lot of good promise. Um, their car is looking pretty goddamn good. Their upgrades have been looking good. Uh, their rookie is really good. He's the best rookie on the grid right now, by far. Nice. Um, and the grid has already had one one rookie get replaced pretty <laughs> mid-season. Nick DeVries really? got booted mid-season, and Daniel Ricciardo took his space. And then he immediately broke his hands in a crash and had to and couldn't <laughs> couldn't drive. And Nick DeVries is just going to school at Harvard now. <laughs> he just Fuck, fucking quit. Man. He quit racing basically after he got booted from <laughs> from I mean, uh, yeah. Alphatari. Where are you gonna go from F one and have fun? <laughs> well, you, we could talk to fighter jets. Well, he's small enough to fit in one. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, we could ask Nikita Mazepin from Russia what he did when he got booted out because his country decided to invade a, a, <laughs> a Ukraine. So, but dude, it was, 
it was a very fun race. Um, I'm very excited for where uh, a Mercedes is going. Um, and you know, to be honest, if people think that this that this season is boring, I totally understand why they think that. They are wrong. I'll say that they're wrong. Uh, because yes, Max Verstappen has handedly won absolutely everything. He is a man in his prime right now. Uh, his car is super fast, but it's not just his car because Sergio Perez is the same car and Sergio Perez is fucking struggling right now. So he's clearly just a man in his prime. That's end of story. Um, but the, how close all of the other places are for, for the, the driver standings is absolutely I mean, I, I'm enamored by it. Um, let's see where Fuck we're at yeah. right now. So, driver standings. We have uh, Max Verstappen, of course. Uh, Sergio Perez uh, is at 240. Now, had they not fucked Lewis Hamilton over, he would have been 19 points away from, from Sergio Perez. Uh, and I think he could have taken that second place spot. And they say that if Sergio Perez doesn't get second in the driver championship, uh, that he's gone out of Red Bull. I don't think that's the, the, for sure the case. Uh, but I know it would put some stress on it. Um, but Lewis Hamilton, I don't think now, I don't think he can make up this gap, this 39 point gap that he's got because if he, man, if they, if they let him keep that second place, he would have been, I mean, very close. But you look at Fernando and Lewis, uh, and they're about 20 points away. You look at Carlos Sainz and Fernando, and they are 12 points away. You look at uh, Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris, and they are uh, 11, 12 points away as well. Charles Leclerc and Lando are eight points away. Uh, It's eight points between George Russell and Charles Leclerc, and then nothing matters after that. Uh, but that's like a lot. That's a lot of drivers that are. That's really tight. I, I, yeah. I mean, it could go anywhere for the rest of the season, um, which is so f- so much fun. Uh, it's so much fun. And then the constructors um, championship. Constructors twenty twenty three is pretty close. Uh, God, Red Bull has just molested everybody. <laughs> Red Bull's at 706 points. Mercedes is at 344. Jesus Christ. Oh, dude. Like, Red Bull has... They're, they're in their dynasty points. right now. They're in their dynasty. Um, but Ferrari is only... Ferrari is 22 points behind Mercedes. Um Damn. And the McLaren, I don't think will beat. I don't think McLaren can get to Ferrari. McLaren's like eighty points behind. But the battle between Ferrari and Mercedes is pretty close right now. Um, so Fuck this is yeah. the kind of shit to me where it's like, if you think this that this season's boring, then then you're then you just don't like racing in general. You just want to see, you know, at the very top. But it's not just the very top. There's so much more into it that is. Uh, that is absolutely fascinating. So that rules. Yeah. It's been a good time. Um, it's been a real fun time. And I think Japan is, uh, no. So, so Mexico is this week. Brazil is, uh, the next week. Then we have a week off. 
And then we have, yeah, we already did the Japanese Grand Prix. And then we have um, Las Vegas. And then we have Abu Dhabi. And that's the end of the season. So there's still time. There's still time for these. Uh, uh, I would love it if Mercedes took second place in constructors after the, I mean, just absolute nightmare that this season has been for their car. Their car is fucking garbage this year. Yeah. Better than last year, but it's absolutely garbage. It's um, still no good. Yeah. So, I absolutely love to watch uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton totally bitch at everybody <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> There's a few things I love. It's watching Lewis Hamilton bitch and hearing Max Verstappen complain about this rocket ship of a car. It's like, this car's a piece of shit. The brakes are trash. And I'm like, dude, you're five seconds ahead of everybody. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're doing fine, Verstappen. So, yeah, so it's been fun. So, you and I should watch the race this weekend if you can. Yeah, I'll do my best. What day is it? Mexico. It's on Sunday. It's at. I'll be uh, at work. What? What time does it start? 1 p.m. Pacific time. So, 2 p.m. our time? 2 p.m. your time, 3 p.m. my time. Yeah, I'll have to miss the first 45 minutes. Well, you know what, buddy? We can wait to watch it. Okay, I'm That's into that. That's the glory of F1TV.com forward slash org forward slash Nutter Butter. Nice. You got to get the butter yeah. in there. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. I like this. I think we should talk about cars more often as well as racing. Uh I still have a hard time uh, kind of wrapping my head around if they're really going to put out these these new Japanese builds. They might not, but even if they get close to that, that's huge. And the fact you think that they're, they're all, all going to be hybrids, pretty much, yeah. Also, I thought rotary uh, motors were trash. No, rotary motors they- rule. They're the most efficient. It's just that they only have one company doing R&D as opposed to the whole world. But don't people hate the rotary motors of the original RX-7s? The ones we got in the U.S. were pretty slow. Interesting. But they still get... They're still the most efficient. They're, they rule. If, if like everyone had done what they were supposed to do in the 60s and invested in that... They, we definitely would all be driving rotaries. Really? They're just more like yeah. fuel efficient or more power Energy to weight ratio? Like, what efficient. do you think? It's the, they should be more fuel efficient because it's a circular motion instead of a punching. They're smoother, they're more efficient energy wise in the motor. The cooling, everything's more efficient because your motor's not rocking the same, it just has an inertia. They're just kind yeah. of a better design top to bottom. It's just no one's ever done it perfect. But these guys who build like four-pot rotaries to put in their old FDRX7s are building monster fucking cars. Those things are monsters. Interesting. Do they sound different? Yeah, they sound bananas. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, a souped-up rotary sounds unlike anything else. Interesting. Maybe we'll talk about rotaries next week. Heck yeah. A lot to talk about. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.